keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever WrestleRoasts. I'm here with Mike Lawrence, Scott Chaplin, Robert Karpolis, and our producer, Zachary Million. How are you guys doing today? We'll start with you, Scotty. Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm very excited about the new format and to, you know, keep talking to you guys about wrestling. <laughs> you sounded like kind of faded at the point. Yeah, I realized yeah. what we're still I, st- I realized we're still doing this with just a new name and I got sad. <laughs> yeah, <but. we're> basically- <laughs> oh, boy. And Mike, uh, were, were you able to get through all the wrestling this week? I know it's been hard for you. Uh, no, and I'm OK with that. Um, that's my character. I'm watching half of what everyone else is Why? <laughs> because that's all I'll allow myself to do. Uh- <laughs> and my character also- is. Uh, I'm doing this for my career in quotes and in parentheses. I have nothing else. <laughs> it's it's a, it's amazing, man. I, I want to give credit to your very like early nineties, Vince. This is Russell Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was like expecting like upbeat Jim Johnston music to start playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, be honest. Yeah. I was expecting you to pull a Jim Ross with the uh, WWE and call it total F and marks right off the bat. <laughs> that was that. So we've already cleared the the first hurdle of the show. I we know I was name. actually nervous that I was going to I was going to use the old name or, or just like like just panic and say love line or something. Robert, how are you doing, sir? I'm I'm doing great. I'm in the only state of the union right now, not buried under snow. So uh, it's it's a nice, crisp 84 degrees out. And once the show's done, I'm going to go outside and grill. Oh, what a heel. Ooh. Let's get to the 10 count. Well, what better way to start this off than with our first official roast? And yes, we roasted Baron Corbin last week, but he doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are roasting wrestling's favorite prince, Shane McMahon. We're going to go around, guys. Everybody's written some jokes uh, about Shane. Everybody but uh, Zach. Zach is... Zach writes poetry for Shane, uh, and he shares that uh, for our Patreon. It's it's very sincere. Uh, There's no joke. Zach is the only reason you're able to hear this. Otherwise, it's just a sad Zoom call between the four of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. All right. Let's start with the roast of Shane McMahon. Hey, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll start off first. Then we're going to go Mike Scott. And Robert, how, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, Fine. sounds good. All right. <laughs> the roast of Shane McMahon. Shane is the kindest McMahon, which is like saying you're the most fun at parties, Von Eric. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to roast a guy who looks like the more conservative version of Papa John. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be easy on him. None of my punches could ever be as ugly as the ones he throws on television every week. <laughs> Electrocuted in the balls, suplexed through glass, hosting Raw underground. Is this Shane McMahon or Rush Limbaugh's first week in hell? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rush. They say, <laughs> I love that you're afraid of what audience will lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of a sudden we lose a third of our audience <laughs> because they're all directly related to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Robert. They, yes. They say you only roast the ones you love, which is why Vince McMahon will not be joining us today. <laughs> I didn't realize Raw Underground was Shane's segment. I thought it was the treacherous pathway Cedric Alexander traveled to get a push. <laughs> oh my God. Shane, uh, Shane is actually a lot like Triple H. They both had terrible matches at WrestleMania 32, and they both spent a, a few years in China. <laughs> the only difference is Shane's never heard the words I love you son <laughs> uh, Shane wears fresh sneakers to cover stale storylines he is the Emilio Estevez of the McMahons but only because he dresses like a Latino <laughs> Robert Shane left the WWE to join a company that specialized in bringing American pay-per-view movies to China in response, the Chinese government created the coronavirus. <laughs> the prodigal son, a story about a son once favored by the father who leaves home and ends up in the wilderness. Then the father, despite the son's failings, welcomes him back with open arms. But enough about Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon and his sister Stephanie are living proof that Vince fucked Linda twice. <laughs> you know what a, what a combo Shane has his father's desperate need to be on camera his mom's promo skills and his sister's floppy tits <laughs> Shane's claim to fame was being the richest man to dive off of scaffolding until earlier this year when Sweet and Low's CEO leapt to his death <laughs> Shane has the roundest reddest face he's a tomato whose father calls him tomato <laughs> Robert Shane McMahon was involved in the invasion angle, the best in the world tournament and raw underground with decision making like that. It's amazing. He never joined his mom in the Trump administration. <laughs> Getting your genitals electrocuted may have been torture for Shane McMahon, but it's the only way Linda can come. <laughs> Here comes the money is Shane's theme song and what he's waiting for his lawyer to say when Vince dies. Uh, <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but if you suplex Shane McMahon on a mirror, you get seven years of bad WrestleMania matches. <laughs> Linda calls Shane's punches the only things faker than the election results. <laughs> and Vince calls them the only thing softer than his dick around Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Linda. Linda's getting it bad at this risk. She's like the nicest one out of all of them, too. Hey, I hey, think it's because she's the only she's... one who loves Shane. Like, it's the only connection. <laughs> Dan, this is the first time in years Linda's getting it. <laughs> hey, I heard that that was also the Brooklyn Brawler's job. <laughs> Robert. Have you seen what Shane McMahon looks like today? He's so paunchy, bloated, and red-faced that he looks less like Vince's son and more like Brother Love Jr. <laughs> Oh, man, this one is my this one's my roughest one, guys. So just get ready. Shane jumped off the cell at WrestleMania. The only time you'll ever see someone jump from that high of a distance for WWE again is if they happen to be a ring boy in the 80s. 
<laughs> all right. Uh, this is, all right. Uh, this is a little long. Uh, after a five-minute match, he's more gassed in the room in Auschwitz. I really shouldn't compare Shane to people in the Holocaust, but the way he sweats, he should be the one rushed to a shower. And I can make those jokes because I was born Jewish. And Shane can take up years of TV from more deserving talent because he was born a McMahon. <laughs> Scott? Someone saying, here comes the money, followed by a sweaty McMahon entering the room. Is that Shane or Vince paying off the cops called to Snooka's hotel suite? <laughs> I'm not doing my here comes the money joke. That was too good. Robert. Shane McMahon has taken some spectacular falls. He's fallen off the top turnbuckle. He's fallen off scaffolding. He's fallen off the top of a hell in a cell. And he did it every time without injury, which explains why Vince keeps pushing for his next match to take place at the Kemper Arena. <laughs> All right. Do you, guys, do you guys have any extras ones? You want to you want to just burn off our last few? Uh, I mean, I'll burn off some. Uh, yeah, why? Why not end poorly? I have a couple, but I can just do one more. Yeah, I could do one more. Here we go. Right. Ready? Vince started Shane at minimum wage, so Shane could build character, and Vince could pay off those goddamn steroid lawyers. <laughs> Mike, you said it. Fuck. Uh, I actually combined all the extra ones I used into the ones I had, which made them worse than they should have been because I didn't know we were going to do extras. Oh, uh, well, you yeah. know what, Mike? They were great. Mike Thank won you. season one. Uh, he's the first season one winner of Roast Battle Comedy Central. He brought it today. Thank you, Mike Lawrence. Robert, I don't know why I sound like the McLaughlin group on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had I had one alternate just in case uh, Shane McMahon was assigned to Mike Tyson's entourage to help Curry uh, favor with the fighter. And despite Shane being from the mean streets of Greenwich and an ardent rap fan, this was the longest time in his life where he didn't use the N word. And finally, the only reason we think Shane is a badass is because wrestling's other billionaire son looks like what would happen if Sideshow Bob molested Beaker from the Muppets. Shout out to Conrad, Evan, Dave, and everybody over at Ad Free Shows, as well as Aaron and Brenton at ATC. Thanks for making this possible, guys. All right, folks, let's get to the 10 count. We just got done with number one. Number two, who would make wrestling's grossest baby? This is, of course, in reference to Ric Flair uh, being announced as the father of Lacey. Evans's child this past week on Raw. I mean, you know, for me, the joke answer is Jake the Snake and Marco Stunt, but the real answer is Vince and Stephanie. Uh, um, I'm not sure which one would come out worse. Uh, first, uh, Robert, what did you think of this angle, and who do you think would make wrestling's most disgusting baby? So I called this uh, a few weeks ago. I tweeted out the very first time Lacey came out with Ric Flair. This is ending with her getting pregnant. So I think I put this out into the universe. Whoa. Uh, I, I also think that Lacey's actually pregnant, and that's why they were, were doing this. Um, that, that's what I've read, because I can't imagine anyone there actually thinks this is even a remotely decent idea, uh, unless this is how they introduce David Flair. But uh, <laughs> this... <laughs> I, I mean, we we just talked about wrestling's grossest baby when talking about Shane, so it's uh, it, it's hard to pick. Uh, it, it's hard to pick because it's it's just gonna be it's just gonna be mean, and it's it's obviously if uh, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler had a kid, and then Jerry tried to fuck it. <laughs> Scott, uh, did you catch Raw this past week? Yeah, I, I I did, and 
initially, obviously, I was freaked out by the segment because I didn't think she was really pregnant. So I thought it was terrible, terrible booking, and so did everybody else. But once you find out she's pregnant, what can you do? Just say she's pregnant, and it kind of matches it. And then when it's revealed it wasn't flares, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, she's pregnant, so say she's pregnant. She didn't say she was pregnant with Flair's kid. Flair just got excited. It's, it's a fine enough thing to do. I mean, what else do you do besides just end the feud? It's also how every Oscar feud seems to end now. First Becky, then Lacey. <laughs> it's her finisher. But but she's happy for all her friends, which is why she always has permanent green tears on her face. <laughs> no, but people but just wrestling, start really sad, sad barren women start feuding uh, with Asuka just to get pregnant. <laughs> start throwing cups of coffee in her face when they see her on the. I'm just really glad Lacey Evans isn't going to beat Asuka for the title at Elimination Chamber. That's. Well, okay, so she can't be in the match, obviously. What happens there? Or we'll talk. I have about no that. idea. I haven't even checked. I mean, we're going to go into the elimination chamber in, in a little bit, but I haven't even checked whether or not they've replaced that match yet. No, they haven't. Mike, now you, you, it's interesting because you go back and forth between like every time something is wrestle crap, I know you're either going to hate it or love it. Where did you, <laughs> where, where were you on the spectrum? I mean, uh, well, just in general, I think Asperger's, but I haven't <laughs> been officially diagnosed yet. <laughs> as your friend, as I, as I hold yes. my Young Bucks action figures, um, yeah. you can I... see Adina packing her luggage in the background, <laughs> <laughs> removing um, Mike's toys from the luggage to pack her luggage. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like Ric Flair fake impregnating Lacey, like it feels like he's happier than the real moments where his daughter has won the title. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just proud for Rick to like be doing something, I guess, you know, I mean, he still had that uh, it awesome is some promo with Orton earlier in the yeah. year or last year or over the summer, I guess. Yeah, but this is total wrestle crap. This is a pure wrestle crap thing. And, uh, but it's fun. You know, it's like, as long as it doesn't take up too much time, I mean, they have three hours to fill. You kind of need to impregnate people and make new stars. Then find out this. <laughs> then see if she executes her women's right. <laughs> I love that she has a finisher that Ric Flair doesn't understand the concept of. Mike, do you have an ugliest uh, wrestling? Oh, page? I just said uh -huh. um, Snitsky and Tamina because uh, either it'll cause its own miscarriage or create its own C-section. My goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, how about Tony Khan and his mom's scarf collection? <laughs> I have one. I have one. Hold on. All right. What, what is it? Uh, Peter Avalon and whoever he marries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's Take the that, one wrestler that actually may come back to. Like all the other wrestlers that we shit on, nobody's going to hear, but Peter Avalon, you know. Peter was like, I heard you guys are talking about me. Want to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, you don't have to hang out, but can you at least leave me five stars? I just got a in, in, in Young Bucks action figure update news. Uh, the balding buck, as Jim Cornette calls him, Nick Jackson, the ponytail actually just fell out. So this is the most realistic action wow. figure I've ever owned. Wow. <laughs> I also, you know, it could be a runner. You know, also could be like a dark horse is like 
Like Dusty or Oli and every waitress they had sex with at Waffle House. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like, especially like, it's so funny because you like, you see those, and Mike actually was one of the first people that pointed this out to me, um, is that like, you look at those old NWA promos or, or, or Flair is like, you know, running everybody down and, you know, like he's talking about it like it's Paris or like, you know, the China club, but they're just, you know, <laughs> It looks just like a bunch of moms dressed up for old country buffet. Like it's <laughs> it's the opposite of like the Maxim 500 or something. Yeah, because you see him in a nice suit and like a watch, and he's talking about how he's gonna like fuck later. I mean, aka go to Disney World, I guess. Yeah. And it's like you know, it's just like oh, Michael the Mar- Jackson called out the same thing. Sorry, keep going. It's just the Marietta Marriott or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get. To number three, folks. Uh, number uh, three, book this Sunday's Elimination Chamber. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to go through predictions, but this is more about, like, what we hope happens. This is this is a sincere hope. I hope that, um, that they just play Jeff Hardy's music for too long so we get to see how weird it is when like a 47 year old guy dances like that in the middle of the ring. Like it's starting to get very like undercover cop at a high school with the way he he's looking or like, or at a work scuba instructor. It's, it's getting a little bit rough. Um, yeah. Cause no matter what he does now, he's the better Hardy. <laughs> Mike, how, how, what do you want? What, what, what do you want to happen at women's nation chamber this Sunday? Um, any specific matches or just in general? Uh, in general, I mean, like right now, there's really only there's really only two matches that like totally matter. But um, yeah, fuck it, fuck it. Well, I mean, like, like the other uh, the the other stuff is just you know, it's 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 basically like let's just talk about the two elimination chamber matches because okay, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if we need to get into um <laughs> like get into like Bobby Lashley versus Riddle or Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee and Riddle or Big E versus Apollo Crews, because who knows if those matches are even going to happen on Sunday. What's amazing is I think all those matches have happened, but Vince doesn't ever remember them, so they he keeps seeing them for the first time. <laughs> well, Lashley has to win, though, right? Lashley is going to be undefeated going into Mania against who is he going to face? I thought it was going to be Keith, but I don't it's, know. It's, I mean, on Wikipedia, it says well, it's a triple threat. Yeah, it's a triple threat. Lashley, Lashley Well, Riddle. no, it's just because we didn't see Keith Lee this last Monday, and he's kind of been on and off, so I didn't know whether or not, you know, he 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 was actually, you know, going to wrestle. I, I think, and then said it was questionable for medical reasons, I guess, because didn't Mia Yim have COVID, so I guess maybe they were taking precautions with him? Yeah. I, I think that uh, – you know, who wins is all of the NXT roster that sees what's happened to Keith Lee and Riddle and asks to stay in NXT. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think, I think though the chamber matches, I mean, this really, I don't think there's a clear uh, cut indication of which show books its champion better because like, just looking like Roman looks like the biggest fucking badass, right? that he's not even in the chamber match. You have to win the chamber match to face him. Like, he's a final boss. Like, that's fucking awesome. That's how it should be. He immediately feels like the most important person in this company. 
Whereas Drew, who is a goober, has always been a goober. He's not a goober. He's a goober, dude. He's and he's not a goober. <laughs> he's booked like a fucking goober. I, just, like, I said okay. that like Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. Dude, he he's, he's not the Tuma. Sorry. He he is a talented professional wrestler. He is booked horribly, and this is proof. Yeah, but First he's not off, a goober. That just means he's booked badly. Yeah, but he comes off looking shitty. Like, and he's not a star. That's that's on him. But the thing is with Drew is that like, why? Okay, like the gauntlet match to decide who goes last. There's still an order of who goes first and last in the gauntlet match. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, shouldn't have been a battle royale where everyone has an equal opportunity. And then, like, why would he put himself in the gauntlet match? Why is he? Well, he's a fighting champ. That's his. Yeah, but there's a fine. There's a fine line between fighting champ and and fool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like such a dork. But it's it's the writing. It's not it's not his fault. But dude, maybe that's just us. I'll say that the writing. Maybe we look at those fault. attributes as Scott, kind of Scott's corny. getting very philosophy. One, yeah, I'm getting right. deep now. I mean, maybe this but, is 2021. You know, maybe Scott. I'll say the writing isn't his fault. Is, as a face, he is not talented enough to overcome the writing, and some wrestlers are, and that's his fault. I don't know. Robert. Did you watch the gauntlet match on, uh, on yeah, Monday? Yes. Like, yeah. I thought that was one of the best performances they've done with Drew this entire time. I, but I, it shouldn't I, exist. I, I don't care about the performance. Well, let Robert talk. It let Robert talk. That's fine. No, it shouldn't. Talk. Sorry. You're like, you're like the dad. <laughs> Dan like, got the way too into it. Car. <laughs> Dan's Give back loving a it. Uh, no, I think <laughs> the problem with Raw was they needed to fill a bunch of segments and nothing fills an hour of time like a gauntlet match. It's easy booking. It's easy to throw out there. But Drew looked incredible throughout that match. His his match with AJ was showed how athletic he was. He had a good match with whatever the hell Jeff Hardy has turned into because Jeff Hardy thinks the Thunderdome is actual people. Like he's <laughs> clapping at the screens and waiting for them to crazy. Change. It's so depressing. It's uh, he's in the Matrix right now. He, he's uh, is, is he they, is he uh, is he hitting on the screens yet or? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks this is like a sex trafficking rank. He's like, what did I get myself into, man? <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Does it have any? You're right, Robert. He has no idea. He, I, I've seen him like five times be like, he's him start chanting Hardy, which I never <laughs> he saw him do when there wasn't a Thunderdome. I never saw him chant Hardy before a Thunderdome. And now that there's a Thunderdome, it's like, maybe if I say Hardy, the gray aliens will reach out to me. <laughs> I'm guessing because of the amount of drugs he's done, everything always looks like the Thunderdome. So it's hard for him to tell the difference. Like this is why he burned his house down years ago. Um, <laughs> they actually I, I, fired him three months ago. He just, he just yeah. refuses to stop showing up. He thinks they're on a compound in Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Edge already pointed out that Drew's an idiot. Like that was Edge's whole promo a few weeks ago, which is you don't have the, the killer instinct. The WWE put themselves in this position of having two Elimination Chamber matches before Mania, and you can't put the champion in both of them because the only reason the Chamber makes sense is the odds are stacked against the champion, and if both guys go in and come out as champ, you're you're killing the gimmick. Obviously, the gimmick's dead. It's terrible. They shouldn't have a, a whole pay-per-view for it twice, but they needed a reason to pull Roman out, and that was a that was smart booking on their part, whereas Drew is the kind of babyface Vince thinks the audience wants, which is... I'm not going to back down from a challenge because Braun is always more and more a baby face than brains. If you think through things, you're a shitty heel. If it's, I'm going to smash you with my giant sword 
everybody must love you. What do you hope happens on Sunday? That it's over in two and a half hours uh, and not the full three. That no, would be like, who do you, my dream. Who, really who do you hope goes over? Oh, I think Drew has to go over in the Raw in the raw match. You still have a pay-per-view between now and then with Fastlane where you can do the Drew-Sheamus rematch before. Well, then who do you pivot to uh, WrestleMania? Based on what I, I picked a few weeks ago and saw on Raw, I think it's Drew and AJ. I think AJ be was getting AJ. the best out of him, and you have almost there as the equalizer – that's a solid match. Orton's clearly going with uh, with the Fiend. I don't think Kofi's making it in the chamber. I think Ali is going to take him out. You're going to get Morrison in that spot, and, and to pay off the story from a couple of years ago. I like and then that. on the SmackDown side, the winner faces Roman. I think the most the more interesting pick is Jey Uso, and then Roman making him lay down in the center of the ring to show his loyalty and whether or not Jay really does it. What I think they'll wind up going with is Cesaro, since they're kind of putting some steam behind him, and he can lose to Roman and still have a reason for a rematch. Scott, what do you think happens? What do you hope happens on Sunday? I actually put Cesaro, too. I I think uh, this is his moment in the sense that it's not a moment. It's like a night. And you go, see, we gave it to you that one night in February (laughs) during the pandemic. Fuck you, shut up, you know? Uh, so yeah, I think we'll get that. And I think it'll be awesome. And Cesaro is going to fight Roman and give it his all, but he just went through an elimination chamber. So he's going to lose. I think it's going to be badass. And then hopefully we get Brian Roman at mania. Cause otherwise who else wins this chamber match? Oh, I mean, you could do Owens and, and it's this whole unkillable Owens. And now we finally kill him. But I think this match is going to set up wherever Owens is going for mania. I would hope. I think Cesaro, I think you're right. Cesaro has to win because they're going to maybe Seth costs him the match after, since it seems like they're setting up a Rollins Cesaro feud based on SmackDown last week. Yeah. Some, something, something where it, it whatever is going to make it the shortest push possible, they're going to do it. And so this could be quick. Like this, this rise and fall could end by next SmackDown of Cesaro. And I think Vince is okay with that. If, if I'm fantasy booking, um, I have it be Brian because he's the most sympathetic and he's won this chamber match. He's really tired and Reigns just fucking obliterates him in a way that makes Edge step in. Because I do think that it's going to be Roman and Edge and you really want some sympathy. Uh, let's go full heel with uh, Roman, no one gets sympathy more than Brian. I think that I, I like Cesaro a lot. I think his promo on Talking Smack is proof why he's where he's at and shouldn't even get this title shot. He just doesn't have it. Like, and yeah, I didn't want to bring up that promo. It's rough. It's it's just not good. Yeah, it it, is, it was brutal. I mean, I, I mean, like what you guys are saying about the uh, about uh, the Roman Reigns, uh, Daniel Bryan stuff. I, I think with the uh, Drew, you got to get people excited for, for some match with Drew, and I, you know, and I, I, I hate doing this because it really is hot shotting a match. But if I was him, I'd have him survive. I'd have him beat Sheamus, and then I'd have the lights come up, and I'd have Imperium beating him down, and then Walter comes out and just takes out Drew because Walter had like, you know, like Drew still hasn't been made yet, and then you have, you know, a WrestleMania where Drew beats Brock. And then you have, you know, a Royal Rumble where he beats Goldberg and then he beats, you know, this undefeatable, you know, Rocky Four type villain. 
But I don't know if he can get there because of COVID or whatever, but I think, I think there's enough time to make that happen. Yeah, but if you need a monster, you already have Strowman. I know, but we've seen that so many times. Like, Walter, we haven't seen yet. I love the Walter idea. I think it's awesome. I just don't see it happening, you know? But, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a fun thing that I, I, I wish I thought up and I wish they would do. It's also with Raw, like, another distinction of why the SmackDown one is just so much better and more exciting. I love that one of the caveats of the Raw one is everyone's already been champion. So it's not even exciting to see who wins because it's not (laughs) special. Like, I just don't. And then it's like Miz has the money in the bank, but he also has this title shot now. Dude, I, I think all these guys were there when Eric Bischoff announced the first Elimination Chamber. (laughs) <laughs> on the raw side it, yeah it's brutal brutal it's so I, I, I could care less about the raw side and smackdown smackdown but M- mike's right maybe brian because i i was thinking no safe brian for mania but it's obviously uh rain's edge at mania so and, yeah maybe do brian sunday and, and, and to, to robert's earlier point i i get what you're saying about having to fill the time and that's why they do the gauntlet match that logistically makes sense i just don't think it makes drew look strong or smart in any way doesn't make him look smart it's just he he was in there and looked impressive and theoretically beat a number of guys it's going through the motions they needed a way to get sheamus to the end and in vince's mind he thinks everyone that's watching this show is the intelligence of a hamster and he needs to point out it's six guys so the the odds are stacked against drew and now they're stacked even more that the guy who hates him uh, has the the final slot, which kudos to Sheamus for pointing out how dumb the booking is because he turns heel on, on Drew for no reason because he wants to get a shot at the title. Drew says, okay, you can have a shot at the title, and then they never deliver it, and Sheamus probably would have been in the elimination chamber anyway without turning on his best friend. And, and the what last if it's Drew Sheamus at Mania? I think that there's a shot. I think there's a really big. There's a good chance they put the title on Sheamus on Sunday. No. And, and when did when did Sheamus start dressing like he's in Guys and Dolls? How <laughs> oh, long dude, is yeah. That? He, he always looks like he's presenting at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I'm about to get slimed. Yeah, he's like the he silliest like, Scotsman. He does. He looks like a character you'd play in like a knockoff hero Street Fighter. You know, like it's like like the tiny Justin Timberlake hat, and you know he's got like fuzzy boots or something. Yeah, he's not a Capcom. He's like the Data East. He's like one of the knockoff Street Fighter games. Yeah, you can only play this on Dreamcast. Uh, (laughs) Getting ready for his one man show about his family's uh, immigration over from Ireland. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) But but then you get Drew winning the title back from Sheamus at Mania uh, in front of a crowd. Yeah, Sheamus is like, I was watching AW with Kenta, and I wish I was getting some of those potatoes myself. Dude, that, 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 unless Drew just claim, unless Drew does what Sheamus did to Daniel Bryan, that crowd will be fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. Number four, it's time to babyface the nation with Michael Lawrence. Mike, what do you got this week? All right, so uh, Mrs. Jericho was at the... By the way, this is a politics and wrestling segment, just in case. Yeah. Um, the was at the, uh, she was at the Capitol. 
um, on January 6th. With Mike's crying while he says this. Wipe the tears, Mike. <laughs> what have I become <laughs> now that I've betrayed? Uh, um, yeah, so she was, yeah, she's a Judas. She was at the Capitol. And here's the thing. A lot of wrestlers vote Republican, you know? So if you... If you want to be against wrestlers for voting Republican, you might as well not watch wrestling. I get that. This is a step too far. And you know, if Dynamite wasn't taping on Wednesdays, Jericho would have totally been there. Like, finding out that he's a Trumper, uh, he has just made the list. It is, it is like to this degree that he donates and she goes to the things. It's a lot. But the question I have for you guys. What's more obnoxious, uh, finding out that Jericho's wife uh, is an insurrectionist that tried to, <laughs> to storm the Capitol, or well, the gender reveal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what annoys you more? Because it's, well, it's a tough. I got to be honest with you. The, the insurrection is a, is a little bit more understandable. <laughs> like, the thing, about, the, thing about, the thing about this, and this is a, first off, she didn't invade the Capitol, so it is important to say that she did not invade the Capitol. I okay. I just want to come out and say this: Joe Biden won the election, guys. That's my stance. Um, but you do Ooh, have an issue when you have had, you know, a, a new, you know, a news force and you know different conspiracy sites basically poisoning the well for the last couple of years. Like we're gonna have, you know, like I, I just I, I just listened to this awesome. Um, I mean, I read this awesome Chris Hedges article today that was talking about everybody who invaded the Capitol and like. I think 60% of them had some financial struggles in the past, like, like four years. So it's like, like we have, I don't think. Yeah, but doesn't that make them just people? I mean, what people, 60% of everything. It's like, sometimes they had financial struggles when new Japan doesn't pay their husband as much as they thought. it. (laughs) Here's what I'm trying to say. It's like in this, in the late sixties and early seventies, there were uh, civil rights workers who reached out to people in the South who wanted them dead. So it's like, shouldn't we be reaching out to people who just believed a stupid lie? You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. I do not think this is the way to handle it. I honestly have no problem with Chris Jericho's wife or Chris Jericho. Um, Unless he like said some vile shit. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, this is not influencing anybody. I am sorry for saying that uh, because I know some people think it is and maybe it is and maybe I'm a moron. But uh, I just go, Chris Jericho's wife, next, you know? All right. I I, I, uh, I I feel like I just woke up now. It's been a long day at work. I'm trying to ease my way into the rage that I normally have here. There's Robert, two things. Robert just blew an entire line of coke. I, I just, you, know, yes. you know he's a Florida lawyer. That's well, we, also, was, we also know that, that Robert relates more to Dory Funk Jr.'s wife because he also slept at the end of Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here's the thing. First of all, what kind of pisses me off about her being there is you're the wife of a wrestler. You should know the difference between a work and a shoot. And that whole thing was a total work. <laughs> what kind of genuinely pisses me off, and, and this is a recurring thing with, with Chris Jericho, who, when I was younger, was my favorite wrestler. First shirt I ever bought was a Y2J shirt. Thought it was the the greatest combination He's of wrestling and comedy. He was He's awesome. I'm just prefacing it because Scott's already blowing him. I'm just trying to get it out there. What pisses me off is his wife went to the Capitol rally with you know ten thousand nut jobs not wearing masks. Then she goes home to Jericho. Then Jericho goes to Daly's place to go compete on dynamite when everyone's supposed to be in a bubble. 
which means you have the possibility now of her contracting COVID and giving it to Jericho and then him spreading it to the AEW roster. And I don't want anything to happen to QT Marshall. So fuck you, Chris Jericho, for putting <laughs> QT's life at risk. Hey, I, don't, I can't believe nobody's done this yet. Yeah, but, but wait, are, I mean, are they supposed to be in a bubble or are they supposed to get COVID tested before they go there? You get COVID tested, but you're also supposed to behave. Like Steve Cutler got fired from the WWE because he went to a New Year's Eve party. His wife, Deanna Peraza, or his girlfriend, is is a wrestler for Ring of Honor. And there was pictures of them at a New Year's Eve party. And they're like, all right, he got COVID. We got to fire him because he was breaking the protocol. Jericho's wife's at the Capitol rally and they're posting about it. And Tony Khan is so scared that Jericho won't sign his uh, action figure that he's not going to do anything about it. Let me me just say, Robert, QT is fine. An apple a day keeps the COVID away. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. But it's also, here's the the, the problem with your logic. You're you're going at it from a person who believes the disease exists and they don't. Right. She also (laughs) believes her husband has abs. So, okay. (laughs) She believes that Joe Biden is going to do this country what Krispy Kreme has done to his stomach. I just think she wanted to get out of the house. I think hanging out with Chris has got to be rough. Yeah, what would you rather? Yeah, what would you rather do? It's like it's like burn down Congress or have to listen to like a Megadeth cover for the fucking seventh time in a row. What's yeah? What's 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 a bigger lie? The country was stolen. Or that is a good Fozzy song. <laughs> I build the walls up. Uh, All right, somebody had to somebody had to go there. All right, uh, let's get to uh, number five. It's time to check in with the Far East. It's Scott's New Japan Corner. Oh man, New Japan is so boss. So. Uh, last week, I wasn't here last week, but you know, they did sign a deal with the uh, Roku TV. That's not why they're boss. <laughs> isn't isn't that the that. name of one of the wrestlers there? Roku, <laughs> <laughs> Roku boss. <laughs> yes, yes. So they, they have like a Roku show that's like an hour every Thursday uh, that'll be coming out. And here's my favorite part they signed this deal because they said no to an access TV deal. They used to have an access TV deal. Impact is on access TV. And New Japan was like, nah, we're good on that. <laughs> it, it, it is a smart, I mean, it's a smart move because now, you know, they don't, uh, you know, with Roku, you have a lot more flexibility. I say this because the last show I wrote on is going to be on Roku. So I'm desperately trying to, I'm desperately hoping the Roku thing fucking works out for my own shitty career. But. <laughs> Uh, also, Naito has a knee injury. He was supposed to wrestle yesterday morning, and before the show, he had to come out and say he could not, but hopefully he'll be good in a couple weeks. Uh, Finn Juice also, uh, Juice Robinson and David Finley debuted in Impact, and the Good Brothers uh, interrupted after they had a victory, and looks like they'll be having a feud. But yeah, just little tiny new japan moments in uh in american wrestling that n- nobody seems to notice so new japan's working with impact but they don't want to mm-hmm. be on the same network as impact oh i know so they'd rather be on a on a way the only way you can watch it is if you own a little stick that you put into your tv yeah and yes and and Meltzer uh said that okada uh will be coming to aew or impact 
it's obviously AEW. I don't know why he said Impact. That's but Feast yeah. or Famine right there. Yeah, apparently guys like Okada are showing up, so we'll see. I don't know how that's going to work with the pandemic, but and, be some I cool mean, this isn't for... New Japan, but that guy from Pro Wrestling Noah, the champ, is like 58 now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just became champ, right, recently? Yeah, it's pretty it, it... It's just amazing that within like a month, it was like the forbidden door is open. And now it's like, mom, can you close the forbidden door? <laughs> I feel like the forbidden door is what Jake the snake calls Sonny Kiss's asshole. <laughs> I think the forbidden door is what Naya keeps hitting on the apron. <laughs> it actually could be Jake. Let's be honest. Sonny's asshole is probably pretty clean. It's probably Jake the snake's asshole. <laughs> hey. Hey, we all we all know that Jake eats bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we talk about that? I mean, we'll talk, oh, you know what? This is the, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on it. We're gonna get into we're gonna get into dynamite. Let's get to number six. It's time for creative has nothing for you. I'm gonna give this a little bit of uh, we'll, we'll give you guys a little bit of subtext before I, I pass it over to Robert. Robert was a writer for WWE. Uh, he worked at WWE, I think, around 2005 to 2007. Is that right, Robert? 2005, 2006. 2005, 2006. He was a writer. He was on the creative team. So uh, every now and again, we check in with Robert, and we check in about uh, a time that he had there. Robert, what are, what are we talking about this week? First of all, I love that you're you're like using Vince McMahon logic, that because we've changed the name of the show, it's an all-new audience, like when they go to Fox – Guys, this is brand. This is a brand new one. You have to tell them who you are. Every I, I'm, second. I am. I am. I didn't want to tell you. I am replacing Michael Cole. I'm the next Michael Cole. So there's this. There's just a giant robot pivoting around Dan. <laughs> that would be Michael Cole. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So I, I tend to dive in a little bit with some memories of my time there in the WWE, and and I thought back as we, we were picking on Shane, who I, I adore. Uh, he's a really nice guy. He's he's a really he was one of the best people to work with and work for. And, and I have a story about his sister. So uh, my the first week that I was working on the creative team, every Friday is our big meeting with Vince, and there's 16 people at a long table in the writers' room, and it's where you go through all of Raw and all of SmackDown. And bef- and before the meeting uh, even started, I was told, "Hey, this is your first time with Vince." Make sure you introduce yourself to him. There's constantly new people. You know, go up, shake his hand, say hello before the meeting starts. Okay, not a problem. Vince is running late because he's always running late because he's running a huge company. So they just start the, the meeting with, without it. And I'm like, don't worry, we'll introduce you. I'm like, cool. Sitting at the end of the table, we start going through Raw. We're in the middle of Raw. Vince comes in. He sits down. I'm not introduced. We're just, we're plowing along. And he's kind of looking over like, who the fuck is this guy? But I think there's a revolving door of Jews that he didn't really notice the difference between me or the guy I replaced a week earlier. And we plow he straight learned through. how to say goo words the day after he left the company. <laughs> yes. Uh, just Brian. Um, at this point, Jew Brian was on speed. Yeah, Jew- uh, <laughs> I-, I will neither confirm nor deny that's the first time I've heard that phrase used. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kidding. We love you, Brian. Your show is very successful. We need you. Um, Anyway, so they, they go straight through Raw into SmackDown, which was the show I was writing on. And we get to a segment that I had come up with something for before. And the, the writer next to me, Alex, was like, hey, when they get to your thing, like, make sure you bring it up. And I'm kind of nervous. So he nudges me. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll say something. It's like, hi, uh, Mr. McMahon. Nice to meet you. I'm, I'm Robert Carpolis, new writer. Here's X, Y, and Z thing. All right, great. Moving on. Vince gets told he has to get pulled out for another meeting. So Stephanie walks him out. Door flies open. 
Stephanie slams the door behind her, storms right up to me in front of everybody, looming over me, sticks her hand out. Hi, Robert Karpolis, nice to meet you. You stand up, you look someone in the eye, and you introduce yourself to them when you, when you first meet them. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So I'm just sitting there, quite, I'm like, I'm sorry. So I go up to her at the end of the day, and I'm like, hey, not sure what happened there. Pretty sure I introduced myself to her. She's like, no, you should have stood up, walked around the table, put your hand out, and shook his hand. That's a power move, and that's what I want on my team. And it's at that moment I realized, I'm working for psychopaths uh, and I'm probably not going to fit in there. So a few days later, I see, so actually it was the next day I see Vince at the plane and they're like, well, make sure you go introduce yourself. Cause the, the, the gimmick is you go up and say, Mr. McMahon, nice to meet you solely. So he can say, Hey pal, call me Vince, which makes it feel like, Hey, we're, we're part of a family, which is total bullshit, but you all have to go through the ritual of making sure you kiss the ring, say hi, Mr. McMahon. So he can be like, no, no, just call me Vince. Uh, so that's a, a small uh, needle drop of what it's like if you work at the uh, the fantastic World Wrestling Entertainment Hotel and Casino. Dear God. So you, you got to see the best promo she ever cut. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I think she's a pretty good heel. But uh, but yeah, that, that's fucking terrifying, man. I can't imagine. Because you were like, what, like 23 at that time? I was like 23. And I'm like, and at that point, I'm thinking, like, did you really want me to stand up and interrupt a meeting of 16 people producing two national and international television shows to shake Vince's hand in a power move? Because that was going to change the trajectory of my career. And she would weird, be like, you know, well, the, yeah, that is what I asked you to do. <laughs> the, the first time I interviewed there and didn't get a job, uh, like... The, what are the questions? By the way, that's our seventh segment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the questions? I was sitting down and then, like, what are we? My in, the interview, the, the guy said to me, he goes, So, uh, Snitsy comes up to you uh, because you're not writing for him. Uh, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Run? Like, like I'm not going to fight Snitsky. I don't know what the uh, hell this story is. Push him against the wall and hope there's a loud popping sound. <laughs> All right. I like how it's really like an old like DOS choose your adventure thing. Snitsky comes up to you. What do you do? And you type in <laughs> R-U-N. Enter. Uh, Heidenreich right. is breathing down your neck. Do you <laughs> run or enjoy the breath? Having been in that position, you stand there and you hope that he doesn't notice you like a bear. It's just you stand still and hope you don't have to have a conversation with him because unscripted Heidenreich is way more terrifying than scripted Heidenreich. The, 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 the last question I have about this story, Robert, is, and I already know the answer. I just want you to say it out loud. You never got that moment where it was like, you are a part of this team, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, no, not, not, <laughs> until, not until the, the day that I, I was leaving and, and Vince politely told me off. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm now I know I'm part of the family. When I told him, I said, uh, uh, Mr. McMahon, I had put my, uh, my notice in or Vince, whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, I'm going to go be an attorney. He looks at me, goes, just what the world needs, another fucking lawyer. So that was my farewell from the chairman and CEO of the WWE. What I, what I love is it sounds like working at WWE is like being in the first half of like a gritty sports movie, but without the victory at the end. <laughs> sounds like the dad from the Wonder Years. <laughs> like you just left. That was the last time I saw Vince. Yes. Vince then, fades away and I turn into Daniel Stern. And so then, and then Vince you goes, die before Vince does. And then Vince goes, hey. 
I'm still Mr. McMahon to you. <laughs> yes, now, now he's back as Mr. McMahon again. I sang attitude. Now we have to pay for the rights to that. Did, you, did, you, did you ever get the Call Me Vince? Yeah, well, I got it at the uh, when I, we were outside the uh, his private plane. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it as if and he looked at me as if he had never seen me before. So he forgot the incident. I don't think he was like mulling this over for 48 hours. Like that one fat kid in the corner didn't say hello to me properly. I'm going to I'm going to this is going to ruin my night. <laughs> also, that one fat kid in the corner is still what he called Bruce at the time. <laughs> uh, next up, number seven, AEW or NXT or the best match on impact. Yes. This is a trick question because none of us watched an episode <laughs> or a match on impact. So it's basically was AEW or NXT better. Let's check it with Scott. Scott, tell me uh, two things you liked about AEW, two things you didn't like. And uh, we'll start, uh, we'll start with the stuff you did like. Okay. I loved the main event of dynamite. I thought it was great. Uh, I also loved the tag team title match. Those are two things I loved. Uh, things I did not like was the sting segment. <laughs> we'll all talk about that after you give your answers. Um, and you know, I, I didn't like the Jade Cargill thing, <laughs> but maybe I could defend did it. They film that at a senior center. What you know, the fuck? Screw, let's talk about it now. Like, I know we're trying yeah. our new, like, two things you like. We're going to wind up saying the entire show anyway. But, yeah, let, that right, Jade right, Cargill right. thing was. Uh, yeah, what's, what's going to Jade Cargill? What, what, what did you think of it, Scott? Then we'll go to Robert. Okay, so you go. Well, she just shows up at a basketball court because uh, she's got a wrestling match in a few weeks. And she practices basketball with Shaquille O'Neal, who also has a wrestling match in a few weeks. Uh, and they just shoot some hoops. And that's it. I don't know. <laughs> it's Even Meltzer couldn't like today. Meltzer couldn't put it over. He had the same, you know, and you know, that's like for him. That's like, I don't know, dropping a jar. Of it does show she's athletic. It does show she's athletic. Maybe she's an incredible uh, physical specimen to sound like Vince from the early 90s. But yeah, it's, it's something doesn't work just yet. Robert, what did you think of this? Why do, you, why do we care that she's athletic at basketball when we know that? This was a great way to build up a baby face. This was what WWE did with Bianca Belair. But again, Jade Cargill is the heel, and she's <laughs> facing Red Velvet, who we know nothing about other than she's not Brandy, no matter what Jim Ross says. And <laughs> Shaq looking at the camera when he's trying to give serious face is the same look he gives in the Icy Hot commercials when something's like wrong with his butthole. And you can't tell if he's winking in the camera or not. But there is no chance he has not fucked Jade. Oh, man. That's, that's, also, that's Shaq a... doesn't look like Shaq, I remember. The Shaq I remember, he's older. I mean, yeah, obviously, I, I knew he's older, to... but he's older. If I was Jade, I'd try to fucking Shaq up with Shaq. Get some of that fucking, you know, the general money. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> That is what their child would look like. <laughs> How is that possible? Uh, <laughs> Just a weird, stumpy CGI. I also did not uh, like the... Birth uh, to an 80-year-old white dude. I did not like the baby announcement. Uh, oh, that was brutal, the, man. The, the, that the was sex brutal. and that, what do you call that? The gender reveal? The gender reveal. Yeah. The worst. Yeah, man. 
I mean, I, how could you do that when it's up to the kid what they dude, are, right, guys? Dude, I will. I, <laughs> <laughs> don't get us canceled. The first, this our woke <laughs> moment from from New Japan, Scott. That was great. Dan, uh, Dan, Scott didn't get us canceled. He just got us on a bunch more networks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, uh, Vin, I, I I will say this about Vince: as, as much as people give Vince shit, could you imagine? Vince McMahon, like just putting a gender reveal on a show without any sort of like, but guess what? The baby's got no head. Yeah, the baby's no tits, and I'm gonna suck them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna nurse my baby. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. gonna breastfeed me. Yeah, at the very <laughs> least, they're being sincere about it. <laughs> Shane would make a yeah. Vince would make a leprechaun hop out of under <laughs> Linda's dress, <laughs> and then he'd like I... whack her with a stick or something. He's already had a leprechaun kid, Scott. You're rebooking the same angle twice. Well, that's what I Can mean. I just, I just say though that the sincerity makes it weirder because the way the way that they did it, it was like that we've been waiting to find out. Like it's just because you there's not like. I'm happy for them that they seem like a happy couple and all of that, but like the Christmas card baby reveal in the first place in this, it's like, I don't know what they think they are, but that's not what they are. I feel like Cody thinks he's, he's coach Taylor and Friday night lights. Like, I feel like he thinks they're the Friday night lights family and that everyone should be like celebrating them all the time. Yeah. People hate watching their own families do this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the entitlement is fucking with- insane like cody cody i used to think cody was triple h cody is john cena in his mind he thinks everyone he wrestles gets this amazing rub people love and adore everything he does he's a big star because he's the fourth judge on a tnt reality show and that the you know tmz is going to break the news that him and his wife are having a girl on tv if this winds up being an angle by the way and this is how they introduce somebody. This is the greatest thing ever. If this is genuine and sincere, what the fuck? Like TNT's got to ask for money back at this point. Like they're they're turning I mean, this entire show into. Uh, dude, if you want to bring Hornswoggle back, this is the way to do it. I'm, but it's maybe, it's it's Hornswoggle doing a dusty impression. <laughs> maybe he's doing an entitled angle, you know, and he's gonna up when the kid's born. He's gonna update you on like his painting her painting lessons and stuff you know maybe it is a in bit. case you didn't know scott is the uh, aew apologist of the podcast <laughs> i'm just trying to figure this out i don't get it <laughs> oh, just justin roberts is definitely announcing the birth of this baby mid-show coming in at eight pounds four ounces <laughs> from north carolina <laughs> So yeah, much fireworks noise. too. It's crazy. Well, let me let me tell you about some other stuff that I liked on the show. Let me see if you guys agree with this. That may be the second best paradigm shift I've ever seen when Mox brought down Eddie Kingston. Holy shit! I don't know how he took that bump, but it looked it looked amazing. I, I love. This has nothing to do with wrestling, but Eddie Kingston was wearing a New York Giants. Uh, I think he was wearing a Lawrence Taylor sh- jersey. I was pretty pretty into that. Uh, and uh, look, man, I mean. The thing that me and Mike were texting each other the whole the whole show, the whole <laughs> thing we were and we were, you know, and me and Mike can be very critical. Uh, uh, but like, you know, like whether we like something or didn't like we were t- texting. The one recurring theme was I'm not looking forward to this pay-per-view. 
I mean, these are all good matches, but there's not like a real get me in. There's not some, there's no, there's no carny shit yet. I'm not in the door yet. And then when Kenny Omega announced that they're going to have an exploding barbed wire death match, I mean, that was just magic. That was almost my mark out moment of the week, especially because he, he's such a different bad guy than Roman. He's like, like almost like a video game slash Alan Rickman from Die Hard. It's like very action movie. Like, why won't you die, John? Uh, I think he said, he basically says that. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and the, being the, convinced that, you know, he is the greatest wrestler, and so he will survive this match, as opposed to most deals thinking they would, uh, you know, die in a match like that. Yeah. It's pretty badass. But is the match going to be any good? I mean, a lot of these barbed wire matches suck, man. They're like slow and s- s- they just take place in the center of the ring. I mean, is this going to be like a map based match? They're just trying to kill Cornette. They're trying to pile <laughs> yeah. on everything yeah. possible to put Jim Cornette in the ground uh, as quickly as possible. I'm excited though. That was, that was, uh, that was my mark out moment of the week. Actually, if we, if we jump ahead. I mean, what do you guys think of NXT? Scott, we'll start with you since we start with you on AEW. I really liked NXT. I loved the main event, and I uh, loved the Kushida match against the jobber that I think, who was it, Lawrence or Dan texted me last night that it looked, looked like a larger Adam Cole. Yeah, oh. me. I said uh, if Adam Tyler Cole... Tyler Rust. It was Tyler Cole. Rust. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And Cameron Grimes, man, that 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 video, these videos they're doing are it, one of my favorite things. Mike, did you like the show? Yeah, I was gonna. As I said, some more stuff about AW. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I think that like one of the best and worst. I that Riho Serena D match as a match on its own was great. I think it was one of the best women's matches they had. They still, I yeah, it's so crazy that the uh, hypothetical daughter of Cody and Brandy, who isn't even here for another six months got more screen time than most of the women in the tournament on the main show uh the well, fact they that to have uh they needed to have that great bunny and jake the snake interaction <laughs> <laughs> by the, the way fact- like that was he was clearly that was an eat eat pussy joke right like <laughs> yes that they were yeah absolutely i okay. hope so we're an army hammer uh cannibalism fetish joke <laughs> i mean it's both with jake but uh <laughs> but i think that it's like it's just so interesting to me. I, I, I think I texted this to you guys last night. Like, AEW is the one company that, like, has somehow come off more sexist by having a women's division. <laughs> because, it's like, they're doing this this tournament, which I think is a great idea. Like, I you know, with the, the Japanese side and the American side. And I think it's a great way to showcase new talent, to get some new matches, make some new stars. It's not even important enough for them to put on their secondary YouTube show. <laughs> so they, it's on another. I did watch that tournament, and 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 uh, I will say the Aja Kong stuff was cool. She's great. I got a kick out of the whole thing. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I watched it. But I just think that it's like, and now you have your your Ty Conte match, uh, you know, Britt Baker and uh, Anna Jay and Nyla Rose, or I mix those up, but. They're not on the YouTube show now, so they can't even make dynamite. It's like I feel like there's this rule with AEW they could never have two women's matches on one show, and then the one woman, and they've never had a women main event, and the one that we're getting is Jade Cargill. 
and Red Velvet. I mean, well, even, yeah, I mean, there's no excuse they won't even for that, put but it, it is hard. They just don't have that deep of a roster on the women's side yet. I mean, that, that, is, that is a real thing. But, yeah, but they're not even making an attempt. They have to change how they present it because it just makes them look like they don't care. Robert, what did you think of NXT? So I didn't get to Dynamite yet first because there's a couple. There's some. Okay. There's still some meat on the bone, believe it or not, from this show of things that made less than zero sense. The opening. So match, you were. So you did not like the show, Robert. There's other. I'll do positives. Let's let's be nice. There's positive things first. I think Eddie Kingston's promo, which is it's redundant to say at this point, is always the best thing that they do on TV. Him trying to revitalize this Moxley feud that's just been dead in the water by saying, I tried to get rid of you with alcohol, with pills, with women. The yeah, only that was great. Do, that like, was now, great I'm promo. Like, now I'm excited for this, uh, this main event. I yeah. like uh, during the Santana Ortiz Young Bucks match, Jim Ross said, Ortiz, I think is illegal, which was a nice little uh, Rush Limbaugh tribute. I thought that was very sweet. <laughs> um, FTR versus the Seidels was better than it probably should have been. Um, the Seidels are pretty good, right? Everybody yeah, they're good. Very good. Uh, I also, this is not the first time Tully missed a show because of snow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and uh, MJF pointing out that uh, the whole Sammy thing was stupid because it was being filmed and shown on TV. I don't know where that came from with Max, <laughs> where he suddenly was like, hey, this made no sense last week. Maybe we should point it out on TV. No clue where that could have come from. Uh, wink um, in the opening segment. This is this was one where like kayfabe world of my brain stopped working. And I just went like someone needs to take Tony Khan and shake that 85 pound kid. Uh, mm -hmm. Paige and Hardy team up against Jack Evans and Angelico, where you don't even get the televised Angelico entrance, which is 85 percent of why he's awesome. The match itself was sloppy and dumb. But it, after the match, Hardy is like, oh, this is great. And I'm so glad you signed this contract and I got all your money. And then Paige is like, no, no, I always keep a backup contract on me at all times. Let's bring out the lawyer who's the Jaguars mascot, who's secretly one of the members of private party, who then attacks Paige, which means Matt Hardy knew all along Adam Page was going to fuck him over and secretly had a contract that Matt Hardy signed. So the three minutes where Matt's like, what, 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 what did I just sign was all an act? None of it made a, a, oh, any sense whatsoever. See, what I took from it is I thought that uh, since um, who, who, who's Matt Hardy's tag team again? It's a private party, private, private, party, private yeah. party. They're just recently heels. The only way to show the audience that uh, that they're heels after being baby faces for this long is to dress them as something from the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the only <laughs> way people are eventually going right, to. The, the, the best moment in that segment, Robert, you got to admit, was when Isaiah Cassidy was just softly rubbing the helmet up and down on Adam Page. Like he was like using it like like a like a deadly foreign object, but it just looked really comforting. It it I, did look it did look nice. Um, Adam Page is a fucking star though. Adam Page is incredible. And what's frustrating yeah. with AEW sometimes is you see the talent they have and you know when they get the opportunity, they're going to be amazing. You're just waiting and hoping that Tony Khan's gonna navigate Adam Page to be the next Shawn Michaels versus waiting until he winds up in WWE and Vince can do something with him because he's got a real natural charisma. He's incredible in the ring and he's a true baby face where the audience is with him, even though he's a drunken sloppy mess. Um, the, the other thing that was just depressing was Kenny Omega at the preschool because some of the kids were wearing masks, some weren't. 
they, none of the wrestlers were wearing masks. And all I kept thinking was like, if I had to send my kids to preschool, I would hope they're a little stricter about masks uh, than that. And those kids beating up Michael Nakazawa was better than the that Dark Order beat down a few months yeah. ago. I was shitting on Nakazawa for a while, but the whole package with him and, and Kenny is great now. I love him as a heel eater. He's awesome. Oh, Robert, don't worry. None of those kids' moms care because they were at the Capitol with Chris Jericho's wife. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, got into NXT? Robert, do you like NXT or AEW better? Let's break it down. Uh, I think it's, I think it was close. I, I like the stories NXT was telling. The problem was the people who were telling it. Kyle O'Reilly on promos is death. Roderick Holy Strong on shit. promos is death. Shayna Baszler and Nia. I thought Kyle was okay. Roderick Kyle, Strong was, brutal, Kyle was yeah. okay because he was trying to be heartfelt, but then he got like whiny and emo and repetitive in what he was saying to the point where I'm like, someone needs to cut off his, his microphone. Um, it's a good story. Not not the right people to be telling it. Shayna and Nia's promo with uh, uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai was, that's why you have scripted promos. MSK are a delight. Uh, those guys are having so much fun that I can't wait to see their souls crushed eventually by Vince. Like that will that will end them. Um, I liked the, the swerve Leon Ruff thing. It was good old school babyface heel. The main event match was just fun. So I'm glad that they they did that. A lot of filler on the show, but I was happy to see Pat McAfee back. Yeah, there was a Pat. Pat's. I mean, I I love I love Pat's promo. Pat does it, it, like people compare him to uh, Bobby the Brain, but he just reminds me of Freddie Blassie. All his promos, like, just uh, just goes after the jugular each time. Um, I, have a, I have a next question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who sounds more like a little kid, Casey Cannizzaro or Shayna Baszler? You know, you don't you don't realize Shayna sounds like a rug rat until you think about her name and then you put it on any of the rug rats and it works. <laughs> think her voice and it, it does. Even you could even put that eyeshadow on any of the rug rats and it would work. <laughs> I would I, I don't know. I would say wait, it's hard. I would have to listen to the voices back and forth. Casey definitely looks like the kid, but I, I thought O'Reilly Strong was uh who that was really rough to yeah, especially <laughs> up top, <laughs> man. Dude, Robert it was like Strong. Farmers, farmers doing theater. <laughs> <laughs> it, Roderick Strong, like, I, he, first off, like, he's incredible in the ring. He tells an amazing story in the ring, but he always looks like he's about to break down and cry during a promo. Dude, like, give crazy. him a voice box. Give him, like, Kane's voice box. Call him the Big Rod Machine. I don't uh, fucking know, but this is not working. Well, it's also, it's like this this type of promo that WWE is so reliant on where they have to have the five or the 10 minute and this guy comes out and then that guy comes out like, you know, like Robert said with like the Kingston promo, I think that thing was like 30 seconds and he succinctly explained why he wanted to wrestle all three guys and what at first felt like a random six man and then made all the sense in the world. Yeah, I mean, it was it, that guy's got a ton of ton of talent. Um, I think the light bulb just went off for me. Kyle O'Reilly to me, this is a deep, deep cut. He sounds like Jeremy London in Mallrats. Every like when he's getting all worked up and angry, it's it sounds so inauthentic and whiny and weird, <laughs> and doesn't work for his character at all. Um, 
he needs. We're, we're going to feel really bad when we when we find out he was just having a stroke halfway through his promo. <laughs> oh no! It's it's also rough because like L.A. Knight gave such a great promo, dude. L.A. Knight, show. that was a great promo. I thought it was, but even though everyone... they took it in front of the the cheapest store. So in I was going to say, does everyone in NXT live in the same complex? Like, is there a sitcom <laughs> we're missing? Where Johnny Gargano lives next door to him. Cracks in the pain. He's like trying to be this like, 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 like trendsetter. And I'm like, dude, I can see the Quinta in ashtray in the background. I'm the next biggest star and I'm not getting my security deposit back. (laughs) Uh, Robert. So you, would you give it to NXT or AEW this week? Um, I would give it to, I'm going to give it to NXT because I can't put over a show where I saw orange Cassidy and Luther. (laughs) jeez, <laughs> oh, man you know like it's one thing to it's one thing to shit on jericho's wife but once you go after dr luther that's that's where you draw the line with uh, with y2j um mike what do you say aw or nxt you know um even though nxt has the better dumb north carolinan who now has money gimmick uh i <laughs> it is Tony amazing, like, north carolina even- What's that? Tony Khan's from North Carolina. <laughs> no, Cameron Grimes. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I think Cameron Grimes was trained by Matt Hardy. And it's like, it's the same gimmick, what him and Hardy are doing, except he's doing it well. Uh, <laughs> Those who can't gotta, do teach. I, I got to go dynamite. I thought that, yeah, that women's match was fantastic. Uh, Proud. I couldn't believe that Proud and Powerful, this was their first time challenging for the titles. They're so fucking good. They're so good. The only thing that drove me nuts was the finish. The finish like, made yeah. no sense. It made no sense with a roll-up out of nowhere. I, I mean, I love the match. I think those guys are – I mean, there's just nothing but upside to those two. Yeah, yeah, they're incredible. Um, and, yeah, the main event was great. And like you said, like the the main event angle at the end, it's like, all right, here's my $50. You got me. So I got to yeah. go uh, AEW. Yeah, I'm going to, Mike, I'm going to go with AEW too. Even though I think NXT was a more consistent show, I do not include the Dexter Loomis weird Austin Theory kidnapping as part of it. Um, I, I'm going to go with AEW. But I will say this, and Bruce Pritchard, if you're listening, I will stop watching Dynamite. I will stop watching the competition if you are revealed to be Zaylee's sensei at the end of this angle. That's, I will. I will never. We will not talk cover New Japan on this show. If you are doing the, you have to be doing the voice. It can't be like, like, oh, no, it's, it's Bruce. You have to be the character. I will say. I will say NXT every week. My favorite part of that is you think Bruce knows how to listen to a podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, if we get complaints, then the answer is yes, he does. <laughs> Uh, all right, number eight, show and hell. In honor of uh, this past week's Valentine's Day, I decided to pick uh, from our uh, segment show and hell. That's where we pull something from the dregs of the internet every week. I decided to put to pull the most romantic song in professional wrestling history, Bret Hart's It's Never the Right Time to Say Goodbye. Let's play a clip right now. What do you think of this, Mike? <laughs> um, well, I 
I know that you make fun of me sometimes for my puns and my uh, at midnight uh, skills slash um, disabilities. Uh, I love this. I, I grew up listening to this song. This is produced by Simon Cowell. This is from the WrestleMania album from 1993. You which, like this song? I love this song. Yeah. Oh my god! This I is, didn't know uh, you really. It's so yeah. funny. You like shit on you shit on everything, but then you like this song. Oh, you know, you like what you like when you were ten. I yeah, also, is- you know, so I gotta say, uh, he says as he has action figures in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I have now I've now found a uh, a pen to stick in the back of <laughs> Nick Jackson's head <laughs> to keep the ponytail in place. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So I grew up loving this song because the whole album is just basically like remix themes with the wrestlers talking over them. But like Brett, you know Brett's the best. So he's like, I'm gonna do a fucking song. He doesn't. He still talks, but it's its own arrangement has nothing to do with his theme song i think that yeah this is fucking amazing but what i did was uh i wrote uh other bret hart song titles if you would like to hear them i would love to hear them okay we've got uh me and tommy mcgee uh nothing (laughs) nothing compares to stew unbreak my sharpshooter fields of goldberg here comes the sunny me are the champions and anything by the strokes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Man, we really, we took, yeah, fuck you. Take that, Bret Hart and Kyle O'Reilly in the same episode. <laughs> um, that was amazing, Mike. Uh, I, uh, I, the whole time when I'm listening to this song, what I'm thinking is how annoying must it be to break up with Bret Hart? <laughs> but, but you said I was the best there was, and the best there is, and the best there ever will be. Uh, and I also like, I don't know, man. I just like the whole time. I'm like, I just imagine this is like every European girl. He slept with at a used hostel when he was first, you know, doing shots for stew. Like, well, like it just, it, it was, it really, it's, it's fat. Like, here's the thing. I, I feel like with Brett, like he would say this is shitty, but if like you were like alone with Brett and you're like, Hey Brett, that was, uh, that's pretty good. And he's like, yeah, better than flair. Right. Like he, would to- <laughs> he would totally sh- like, reveal that he thought he, and, and, and then the backup singers are pretty good. They sound like, like legit fucking like Tina Turner backup singers. Scott, what do you think of this? You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember, uh, where sunscreen? Yes. Boz Lerman. Yeah. College speech, but then there's music behind it. It was on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It reminded me of that. It sounds a lot like that. It just sounds like wear sunscreen for people who've never seen the sun. They're just in a basement all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of I kind of liked it in in a way that I go. I could see myself uh, doing curls to this in like a loop of 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 late 80s, early 90s uh, workout music. It just sounds like kind of everything else. I mean, this is like Jean-Claude Van Damme gets paid to do things exactly like this song. He just goes places. Well, and I have talks. a question. Who do you think? It, All who, these guys have careers. Over what this. do you think is worse? Bruce Willis's music career or Bret Hart's music career? <laughs> Bret Hart's. Bret Hart's. Robert. So this was my first time somehow ever hearing this song, which shocked the hell out of me. I knew of the album, but... When I was, you know, this was 93, so I'm 10 years old. 
my parents would have taken away any access I have to funds going forward if I spent money on the WrestleMania album. Uh, the song was magical. Uh, I found, I've found myself singing it for the last two days, unironically, out loud, with people like my wife's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? And there is a 100% chance that Brett thinks this is A, a great song, and that he's got some stories like, you know, Tommy Mottola talked to me and he said he was going to sign me, but uh, I was doing Lonesome Dove and it was the, the hottest show in Canada. Uh, I also thought when I saw the name of the song, it's, it's never the right time to say goodbye. This was about his WrestleMania match with Yokozuna ending too short. <laughs> And he was still so bitter. Uh, oh. But meanwhile, Brett's right now somewhere in Canada on iTunes, constantly voting this five stars with different <laughs> accounts. Hey, guys, that's enough making fun of Bret Hart. If you want to make fun of Bret Hart again, well, you can do it next week when we roast Bret Hart. That's right, folks. We went from Shane. We're going from Bret. Uh, I'm excited. Number nine. I was just going to say, Robert, he's like, you know, uh, I was actually asked to be the fifth member of Boys to Men, but... I had to wrestle Bastion Booger and Poughkeepsie and I always honor my dates. And so that's what I did. <laughs> I was never quite a boy, you know, always, always a man, even at <laughs> age nine. <laughs> you know, there's footage of him recording this song with like the headphones hanging off his ear while his hair is wet and he's singing into it. There's footage somewhere in the archive that has to exist. Release it, you cowards. This is what we want to see. You know, the reason that Simon Cowell started that show of his was because he wanted to find someone half as talented as me, and he never did. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson couldn't lace my fucking boots. <laughs> I, I also, I, I was, the funniest thing I find about Bret Hart now is that since Bret Hart has been invited back into the WWE and to their good graces or whatever, like, he hasn't, he's the one guy who hasn't changed his tune at all. Like he still buries Triple H every time, every chance he gets. And to Triple H's credit, he's just kind of got to take it and be like, yeah, I, I don't know. He's like a weird guy. I don't know. You know, like he's got to like, you know, like he's got to be the adult because he's the one who's running the company. Oh, and good. I just realized for, for my segment next week, I'm going to tell my Bret Hart story. Oh, no. I, oh, I, I forgot wait. I haven't done that. Yes. All right. I, yeah, I'm also, I'm almost certain that the boys after a while and maybe the early nineties, they hadn't realized it quite yet, but they definitely realize it now that the way Brett acts is, is a tick. It's a thing that you just have to go. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I think you, I think you fucking suck. Honestly, I think you ruined the business. Okay, Brett. Yeah. Like a racist <laughs> grandmother. You just catering's down the hall and he goes, okay, fuck you, man. You ruined the business. I, I seriously feel like we could get him as a guest for the roast to be like, Hey, we're going to talk about your career. That's what I like to talk about. <laughs> but well, he's going to be really specific about you. He's like, I didn't care for that episode of Crashing you were on. I thought your acting was kind of shallow. Did you see me in the Lonesome Dove film, My Horse Has Left? <laughs> I, I can quote I Lonesome have... Dove still. I, I can quote Bret Hart in Lonesome Dove. That ain't cold. Cold's when your spit freezes before it hits the ground. Scott Chaplin, I have tasted the meat that you have butchered, and it is not good. I, I actually wrestled Abdullah. I know what a real butcher is like. Scott used to be a butcher. Everybody, you're not a venison. You're a vena daughter. Robert Carpalis, you are not even one of the top fifty paralegals in Florida. I got reduced to a paralegal. Thanks. I don't know what the fuck is. I'm not. I'm only half Jewish. Dude. I don't know what the fuck is going on, <laughs> Mike? Um. <laughs> I uh, also want to take this time to promote our Patreon. If you guys uh, aren't members, you should join. This week, we're going to be 
reviewing the elimination chamber. It'll be available Monday morning, but uh, it's, it's a great deal. You get a lot of bonus content for a cheap price. So yeah, check it the, out. The, the more uh, money you give us, the more it'll feel like punching down when we make fun of Bret Hart next week. <laughs> <laughs> number, number nine, a uh, young rock. Uh, which wrestler would make the worst show about his or her own life? Before we get into this, I want to say I saw Young Rock right before we recorded. It's very good. Very good show. It's, it's you know, it's very, it's a family-friendly show, but there's a lot of, a lot of really clever things in it. And uh, the only thing that's really unbelievable is like, like the whole, like Dwayne keeps it, you know, like Dwayne keeps saying like, oh, I, I, I'm going to do this show to prove I'm just like you. And, and then you like get the done with the pilot and you're like, yeah, you're, you're nobody like anybody who's ever been or ever will be you really are what Bret Hart's gimmick is like there's never going to be another Dwayne the Rock Johnson but uh did anyone else see the show or is it just me I watched it I thought it was I thought it was really good um it was it was very it's clear they're going to do the this is us thing or whatever there's multiple timelines you're checking in on where it's you know, young rock being disappointed by his dad, middle, you know, teenage rock being disappointed by his dad, older rock disappointed by his dad. Uh, and it doesn't wind up having a happy ending for Rocky Johnson. So it's kind of a nice spoiler. <laughs> it's uh, what, what Robert, if you had to pick what, what, res- what, what, uh, what, what wrestler would have the worst show about his life and no, the big show show doesn't count. Uh, I went with Kane demonic spawn of a man who raped his mom uh buried alive and burned by his brother who murdered his parents turned into a living weapon by the man who raped his dad gaslighted into thinking he's covered in burns and scars impregnate impregnates his forced bride who then loses the baby by hitting the stomach nbc presents mr mayor <laughs> it's the it, aristocrats it's, it's crazy robert because that's the uh, plot of my sitcom the simple life of grizzly smith <laughs> Jesus Christ. Scott, you got one? Uh yeah, mine is Young Strowman. It's, <laughs> it's like Young Sheldon uh meets Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> and it's just kind of like sloth's younger years, you know, under the Spinelli's hideout. I went I went back and forth on this. I have uh one would be uh New Jack show because it would just be him live streaming a shooting from a target. Um, and another I don't know, the wire was pretty you, good. <laughs> another one, which you could see is fuck it. I think Kamala would have a really depressing show. Like he would try to make it, you know, like all in the family or something, but it would turn into like a community theater production of fences. Like if you've seen some of Kamala's stuff online, it's, it's a real dark, Dark it, trip, is man. the name of the it's sitcom off on the wrong foot <laughs> where I, is my I, left foot <laughs> this is my, my pick was cody because it would be the most normal show but he would think it was interesting like you'd watch an episode of cody's childhood and be like wait who's that guy in the face paint who acts gay to spite his father can we see more of him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like just to spite him, Cody would only use footage from his natural period. You know, <laughs> it's just only some... yeah. There's like an episode of his match with the blacktop bully. <laughs> About instead of Young Rock, it's Old Dynamite Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 
That's NC-17. Every every episode is the pilot because he has crippling Alzheimer's. <laughs> Dude, the, the, guy, the guy who plays College Rock is fucking huge. Like, I think Vince is going to sign him, which would be like he just gives him the Rock's old gimmick or something. It's pretty nuts. Well, if they do that, it, sh- it should they should treat it like it's actually the Rock in a time machine, and that should be his gimmick. Introduce yeah. time machines into the WWE universe. Yeah, they're doing it in Marvel. Edge is actually main eventing WrestleMania. They've already introduced time machines. (laughs) Oh, I guarantee you that, like, at some point, whether Mark Calloway is around or not, Vince is going to try to do, like, the son of The Undertaker. Or, like, there's going to be some some desperate, like, like, some desperate cash grab for for a Taker legacy. But what I imagine, like... I don't imagine like Vince in like the Futurama head jar. I imagine like like Krang, like like his face is gonna be in Braun Strowman's belly. <laughs> <laughs> At number ten, mark out moment of the week. That's where we uh, talk about our favorite moment of wrestling this week. For me, it is. Uh, it was. It was from Vengeance this past Sunday. It was in the main event, and uh, it was when Finn Balor took out. Pete Dunn's mouth guard and then like drop kicked him in the face. It was such a badass end of an action movie thing to do. Uh, that was my mark out moment of the week, Scott. It, that was extremely badass. Uh, my mark out moment is also from vengeance. It was the uh, dusty uh, final uh, men's final. I thought it was unbelievable. MSK, it, it, like, crazy. Oh, yeah. MSK man. versus uh Grizzled Young Vets, who, who who was it they faced? Grizzled Young Veterans. Yeah, yeah. Dude, unbelievable. That, unbelievable. took a doomsday device outside that was like... Oh my man. gosh, man. Through the ropes. Holy it shit. It was unbelievable. I, I was like, he's got to be dead. But yeah, that was, was must, that's must-watch this week, that match. Yeah. Mike? Um, well, non-wrestling, uh, I got to say, the Mortal Kombat trailer, if you haven't seen... <laughs> I heard it's every- awesome. Dude, it's everything I've been waiting for. Is it the story like, of Scorpion? I heard it was like the story is what is it? It's the story of Scorpion Sub Zero, but it's a rated R trailer. You see fatalities. Like this is, I mean, I love the '95 one. I was 12. I was the perfect age. This is the Mortal Kombat movie I've really always wanted. So I marked the fuck out this morning. Within wrestling, I will say, dude, when those kids beat up Michael Naka, when those kids had the same reaction. So Michael Nakazawa, without even knowing who he is, that we have for a year and a half on Dynamite, <laughs> that was amazing. Like they're they're actually they're using of all the nepotism characters, he is being used the best right now. Uh, that, I don't think there's nepotism characters. I think it's just called a roster. Robert, so I had two. Um, they're they're short. The first one is Dexter Loomis uh, kidnapped Austin Theory and took over his Twitter account. And if you didn't see, he replaced himself in pictures of Austin Theory with the way, and it's absolutely hilarious. And now Austin Theory's little icon was just Dexter Loomis's eyes. I like weird little stuff like that that no, somebody thought through. Um, my big market moment of the week, this is 100% true, Bad Bunny winning the 24-7 title. I think for two reasons. One, from a publicity standpoint, Bad Bunny is going to be on Saturday Night Live this week. This is why you have a 24-7 title. If Bad Bunny just wears that thing on air once, 
during Saturday Night Live. He has paid for his entire reason for being there. But he, that's your he, mark out moment of the week. You sound I'm, like a PR firm. I'm getting to what why okay. what my mark out moment of the week was. All right. All right. He goes when he goes for the pin. It is the most convincing wrestling pinfall I have ever seen. <laughs> he puts the weight down, and I was talking with a former guest who won't be named, but let's just say uh, he's Canadian and his last name is Storm. And he goes, he's so good, he clearly hasn't been to the Performance Center yet. Like, it was the most <laughs> natural pinfall I had ever seen. I'm like, this guy gets it better than anyone else. And that was, out of three hours of Raw, the one thing that stood out to me the most, that the most convincing pinfall was from a rapper. Well, we're glad you decided to stick it out here with us. Uh, at uh, I don't think that was even a pun. I'm just what delirious at this point. Uh, I'm uh, I'm sitting here with a gun in my mouth, folks. Uh, <laughs> the, the booking wait. is the booking of Bad Bunny versus the booking of Shaq. The reason why WWE will always be number one. Yes, they they know how to get the most mileage out of this stuff and. If, if they can figure out a way to get R-Truth on the set of Saturday Night Live to pin Bad Bunny, even better. I think I think AEW, the real test AEW, is they're going to have a down period and they're going to have, like, their next up period is going to determine, you know, whether or not they can they can take down WWE. And I think that we're not take down or at least remain a, you know, not go, not go the way of image comics to reference Robert and Mike Lawrence. <laughs> um, but we uh, we enjoyed uh, this first episode, guys. Thank you so much for for tuning in. Um, we have a Patreon, like I said, we're covering the Elimination Chamber. We're going to be doing the roast of Bret Hart next week. If you're new to the podcast, please subscribe. Please leave five stars or a nice review, something to to uh, to let us know that you, you you're you're digging what we've been doing. Um, I'm on Dan, I'm Dan St. Germain on Instagram and, uh, you can also get, I'm also on Twitter and, uh, you can also get my albums, I guess, cause this is probably the first time I stand up when I don't do this. So, uh, I have albums that you can get and they're on, you know, iTunes and Spotify and, and all that good stuff. Mike. Yeah. I also have albums and I was going to say, uh, if you are on our Patreon, make suggestions for wrestlers, we should roast. We've already gotten some great suggestions. Bret and that- Hart was a suggestion. It was a suggestion. So, you know, keep them coming. We've gotten some great ones. And I it came think from Shawn Michaels. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we're going to be selecting a lot of these. You know, we want you guys to have as much fun with this, too. Scott, yeah. follow me at Scott underscore Chaplin and listen to my other podcast, Garbage Days with Brendan Sagalo. Mr. Carpolis. You can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. I have no albums, um, but uh, if I'm going up against you in court, let me win. <laughs> Zach? Be sure to follow our Twitter at WrestleRoasts now. We will be live tweeting for all the live shows. Uh, SmackDown tonight, Raw on Monday, uh, AEW and NXT on Wednesday. And wash your hands. We'll see you guys next week. We're coming for you, Brett.